Shalom. This is Amla Vadad Yishkon number 15, and we are discussing the story of Bilam. Last week we began to discuss this incident, and we saw how the Torah describes a sequence of events that took place in such a way, and obviously this was with divine uh, guidance to make it happen this way, that caused Balak ben Sipor, the king of Moab, to believe that he was in mortal danger about to be attacked by Am Yisrael, even though in reality he was in absolutely no danger at all. And we saw that Balak, in an attempt to save his country, uh, asked himself how it's possible that Am Yisrael could possibly have had the military victories that they had a generation earlier against Mitzrayim, against Egypt, and uh, just recently against Sichon and Og. And he came to the conclusion that their power must be something supernatural. And thinking with the mind of, a, of an idolater, he thinks of this in terms of magic. And he comes to the conclusion that Moshe Rabbeinu must have been a great magician. And therefore, the only way to defeat him is to bring an even greater magician. And he turns to the greatest Kosem, the greatest magician of his time, Bilam ben Beor, and we saw that all of this was meant to be basically a showdown, a confrontation between two different hashkafot olam, and that is expressed most clearly, and this is the pasuk we ended with, in pasuk vav of Perik Ben in the book of Bamidbar, where he said to Bilam, I need you to come and help me to curse Am Yisrael, ki yadati et asher tivarech mivorach ve'asher ta'or you are. He said to Bilam, I know about you, that you, anyone who blesses, who you bless is blessed and anyone you curse is cursed. But those words are a clear echo of the bracha that was given at the very beginning of the existence of Am Yisrael, the bracha that was given to Avraham Avinu, who was told, Va'avarcha mevarechecha umekalelcha aor, using the very same words. God says, I will bless those who bless you, I will curse those who curse you. And Balak thinks about Bilam that you determine who who's blessed and who's cursed, and Balak is asking him to curse the one about whom it said that he who curses him will be cursed. So this is the background of the story, and let's pick it up from there now. Uh, that's what he uh, the message he wanted to send to Bilam. So Perichav Bet Pasuk Zion, again in by Midbar says Vayelchu Moav. They brought magical tools with them, ostensibly so that Bilam would have any equipment that he might need. And here you see very clearly that Bilam was viewed as a kosem, as a magician. They reported the message. He says to them, Bilam, he says to them, I want you to stay here overnight. I have to find out from Hashem if I have permission to come. We'll see that on the surface, Bilam appears to be extremely, extremely pious. He's constantly, first of all, it's noteworthy, noteworthy that he uses the four-letter name of God, the Yud and the He and the Vav and the He, a name which in the Tanakh is usually used only by people from Am Yisrael. Non-Jews usually use the name Elohim, and here Bilam uh, refers to God by his proper name, if you will. And then uh, he says, I can't do it unless Hashem allows me to. And then it says in Pasuk Ted, Vayavo Elohim el Bilam, Vayomer, 
מי האנשים האלה עמך? השם אסתם, who are these people with you? ויאמר בלעם אל האלוקים, בלק בן ציפור מלך מואב שלח אליי, הנה העם היוצא ממצרים, and he tells Hashem the whole story. And then Hashem gives בלעם the following command. פסוק י"ב, ויאמר אלוקים אל בלעם, לא תלך עמהם, לא תאור את העם, כי ברוך הוא. Okay, we have here a pasuk with a very clear instruction to Bilam and with three parts. Two mitzvot, so to speak, two commandments, and an explanation. The first commandment is, Lo telech imahem. You're not allowed to go with them. Secondly, Lo ta'am. You're not allowed to, uh, to uh, curse Am Yisrael. And Ki varuchu, Why not? Because he is blessed. And here in that expression, Ki Varuchu, we can see a reflection of what we talked about already. Hashem says to Bilam, you have to understand, your entire mission is, is meaningless. What does it mean to curse Am Yisrael? Am Yisrael is by definition blessed. Trying to curse them means nothing. It's like trying to burn water. It's something that cannot exist. How can you curse that which is blessed? It's like, Hashem said to Avram, V'heyei bracha. He's the essence of a bracha. And you're going to try to curse him. So essentially, Hashem said to Bilam three things. Lo telechimahem. Don't go with these people. Why not? Lo ta'am. Because you're not going to be able to accomplish that which they've asked, which they're asking you to do. And therefore, you shouldn't even try. Don't go. And why are you, so lo telechimahem. Because lo ta'am. And why Lota Oratam? Why will it be impossible to curse them? Kivaruchu, because they are blessed. So Bilam received a very clear response. Um, and again, at least outwardly appearing very, very pious, he comes back to, to the messengers and he says, I'm sorry. He says, Go home. He says, I'm sorry. God has refused to give me permission to go with you. So I'm sorry, I can't help you. Hashem told me no, it's no. However, so it sounds very, very pious. But if we read between the lines a little bit, we'll see that uh, perhaps what Bilam said wasn't exactly so, so pious. And if we read a few psukim further from the way in which The, um, <clears throat> from the way in which the messengers from Moab understood Bilam's response, we'll see what perhaps he tr- was trying to do. So let's see what, let's, let's read on a few psukim here. Vayakumu sarei, I'm in Pasuk Yudalad now, Vayakumu sarei Moab, Vayavoel Balak. Vayomru, and they said to Balak, Me'ain Bilam halochimanu. Bilam refuses to come to, with us. So how does Balak respond to that? Balak responds in a somewhat puzzling way. They told they were told that that Bilam's not allowed to go with them because Hashem said no. So you would think that they would understand that that's the end of the story. Or if in some way Balak is going to try to convince Bilam to come, he's going to have to address the reason why Bilam can't come. Bilam can't come because Hashem said no. But instead, Balak reacts in a manner that seems somewhat puzzling. He sends a more 
um, impressive delegation. Sarim Rabim Vinichbadim Me'ele. It's a larger delegation, and it's what we would call in modern diplomatic parlance a higher level delegation. Right? He sends more, uh, more honorable uh, officers. He sends perhaps, you know, his secretary of state, or I don't know what exactly. Why did Balak decide to respond in such a manner? We have to go back and look at what Hashem told Bilam and what Bilam reported to the messengers. As we said a minute ago, Hashem told Bilam, Lo You're not allowed to go with them. Why? Lo Because you're not allowed to curse the people. And why? Ki baruchu. Because they are blessed. But when, Balak, when Bilam reported that to the messengers, he didn't tell them all of that. All he told them was, Me'ein Hashem letiti haloch imachem. God refuses to allow me to go with you. And as Rashi um, understands from that pasuk, um, as Rashi understands from that pasuk, he was implying, or he wanted them to think perhaps, that the issue wasn't that he himself is not allowed or capable of carrying out the mission that they, uh, they asked for. That would sort of lower his status in their eyes and uh, he didn't want to do that. But rather, instead, he told them, I can't go with you. Implying that the problem is you're not, you're not uh, important enough for me to go with you. And perhaps he was hoping that with that, he could sort of gracefully get out of the situation. But they took him seriously. And they went to Balak and they said, look, he says he won't come with us. Or he's not allowed to come with us because we're not important enough. So Balak said, okay, I'll send a a larger and more impressive delegation. And in Pasuk Tetzayin, it reports that He said, please don't refuse my request. I promise I will give you great honor and I will do anything you ask from me. So you see that Balak understood that what Bilam was interested in was kavod, was honor, and I'll do anything you ask me for. As long as you do what I ask and curse this nation for me. Now Bilam is in a bit of a problem now because he wants to save face. He's already been told no. He tried to lead them to believe that the problem was that they weren't important enough. So Balak Responded by sending people that were even more important. What's he going to do now? And Bilam's next response is somewhat puzzling. Because we know that Bilam seems to have a real direct line of connection with Hashem. Hashem has already spoken to him. And he was already told he can't do it. So I understand that he's in a bit of a predicament and he doesn't know how he's going to get out of this gracefully. But what's the point of going back to Hashem? But that's what he does. He goes back to ask again, so to speak. First he again, sounding very pious, says, listen, he can fill his house with money and give it to me. Give me all the money in the world. It doesn't make a difference. I will not be able to violate the word of Hashem. But, after, again, putting on this very, very religious sounding, very pious sounding, a disclaimer, he says, Ve'ata, 
Shvuna Bazeh, Gamatem Halayla, Veda, Mayosef, Hashem Daberi Mi. He says, so you also stay overnight. I'll see what Hashem has to say to me. Maybe he'll change his mind. And we see that Bilam seems to think that perhaps he can change Hashem's mind. In other words, we have to really understand, in order to, to appreciate what's going on here, we have to understand the difference in mindset between the philosophy that is embodied by Am Yisrael, the philosophy that believes in one all-powerful, omniscient and omnipotent God that's creator of the universe and that runs everything, and the philosophy that's embodied by individuals such as Balak and Bilam, the philosophy that believes in Avodat Elilim. And when you believe in Avodat Elilim, when you believe in paganism, when you believe in multiple gods, when there's more than one God, it means that there really is no God at all in the, in the way in which we use that term. Because it means that there's, there is no one single unifying force that, that rules the entire universe. But rather, each, uh, each force of nature or each, each deity is sort of on its own. And they're all in competition with one another. And nobody's really in charge in a universe that's, uh, that, in the universe that the pagans believe in. And therefore, the magician plays a central role. What does the magician do? He's able to understand the various forces that exist in the universe. And he's able to harness those forces to his own benefit. So Bilam, on the one hand, seems to have a real connection with the true God. But he still views himself and we'll see later on, by the way, that he refers to himself that way. At one point he has what can only be described as a genuine nivuah, And he describes it in those terms also as a prophecy, as hearing the voice of God and seeing visions. And we'll see also that he said things that were prophetically, prophetically accurate. So, on the one hand, Bilam really does have a connection with the true, one single almighty, Ribono Shel Olam. But, he still views himself as a Kosame. He still views himself as someone who's able to somehow manipulate and, and, and uh, <clears throat> manipulate the various forces and harness them to, uh, to accomplish what he wants to accomplish. And therefore, even though Hashem said no last time, Bilam says, you know, maybe, maybe, I, can manage to, uh, maybe I can manage to push the right buttons, as it were, and make things work out. So, um, so he tells the people, stay overnight, and we'll see what happens. Pasuk Chaf says, Hashem came to Bilam with the following surprising message. Hashem seems exactly as Bilam thought would happen, Hashem seems to be reversing his decision. Whereas last time he told him, Lo you're not allowed to go with them. Now he says, Kum Now he says, go with them. Suddenly Bilam has permission. And this of course is somewhat puzzling. How is it that Hashem could change his mind? And on top of that, after he did change his mind, how is it that we'll see uh, in the very next uh, Pasuk, it tells us, He got up early in the morning and 
and saddled his donkey. Rashi points out, based on the Midrash, that this is very reminiscent of someone else who once got up very early in the morning to saddle his donkey. Of course, the reference is to Avraham Avinu at the Akedah, and there's a contrasting parallel here, whereas Avraham got up early in the morning and saddled his donkey with enthusiasm to perform the will of God, no matter how difficult that might be. Bilam gets up in the morning and saddles his donkey in order to violate the will of God, and therefore, that God got very, very angry that he was going. But this is a question. How can that be? Hashem already told him, Kum lechitam. Hashem told him you're allowed to go with him. So first of all, we said it doesn't make any sense. How is it possible that after telling him no, Hashem suddenly tells him yes? And second of all, if Hashem told him yes, how can you be angry? How can Hashem tell him first, Kum lechitam, go with them, and then, and then Hashem could be angry that he went. It's the very same word even. How can you tell him, Kum lech, and then be angry, Ki But here as well, if we read carefully, we will see that it's possible to understand Hashem's words that way, and undoubtedly that's the way Hashem that's the way Bilam understood them. But if you read carefully, you see that's not what Hashem was saying. Later on in this parak, Rashi uses the expression. He quotes it from the uh, well-known Ma'amar Chazal. Rashi says, Hashem takes people down the road they want to walk down. Hashem gives Bilam the opportunity to misunderstand if he wants to. But if Bilam would listen carefully, it would be clear that in fact, he's not really being given permission. Remember, the initial, and, it, and also that there's no contradiction fundamentally between what he was told the first time and what he's being told now. Remember, the first time Bilam was told three things. Lo telechimahem. You're not allowed to go with them. Why not? Kilota oretaam. Because you can't curse them. Why not? Kivaruchu. Because they're blessed. Now, of those three statements, only the second two are really fundamentally important. You're not allowed to go with the people. There's nothing intrinsically wrong with going with them. The reason Hashem told them not to go with them is because you're not going to be able to do what they want you to do. And so you shouldn't even try. But now Bilam is insisting. He's coming back a second time and he's saying, I really want to go with him. So, so Hashem says, okay, if that's what you want, fine. If you really want to go with them, and they came just they came just to invite you to their country, wonderful. You want to go on a trip to Moab? Moab is a beautiful country. You want to be a tourist? You want to go on a vacation? You want to travel and see the country of Moab? Vakasha. No problem. If that's what this is about, but realize that although I'm now granting you permission to go, nothing has fundamentally changed. Just understand that if you go with them, you will only be able to accomplish that which I tell you to accomplish. You will not be able to manipulate me and you will not be able to change my mind. And therefore, why did Hashem then get angry? Because it was very clear why He was going. Because 
or Vayakom Bilam Baboker, Vayachavoshetatano, that enthusiasm of getting up early in the morning and uh, being excited to go about his uh, plan made it clear that Bilam was not going simply to take a tourist uh, visit to see the beautiful country of Moab, but rather that he was going there in the belief that he would actually be able to do what Balak wants, and therefore, Vayicharaf Elokim Ki Holechu. So, Hashem now, and we're about to read one of the more bizarre stories in the entire Tanakh. Hashem decides that He's going to give Bilam a chance uh, to repent and to change his ways before really lining Bilam up for for uh, a real disaster. And we have in the coming Psukim a series of attempts that God makes to convince Bilam or to give him the opportunity to change his mind. I want to just read through them and then we'll try to analyze because I think there must be some symbolism here. Um, so, Pasuk Chavbet says, Vayicharaf Elokim ki holechu, Vayitiyatsev malach Hashem baderech lisatan lo, Vuhu rochev alatono, Ushnei ni'aravimo. A malach Hashem, an angel of God, stands baderech, remember that word, he stands on the road to lisatan uh, lo, to obstruct what he wanted to do. Bilam was riding on his donkey with the Shnei Arim with two two servants with him. Again, it's reminiscent of and parallel to Akedat Yitzchak. Um, and then Vatera Ha'atonet Malach Hashem Nitzav Baderech V'charbo Shlufa Biado. And the donkey sees the angel standing there in the road with a sword drawn in his hands. And the irony here, of course, is that the great, great Bilam, who's known to be this prophet, this magician, this individual that's in tune with what's going on in the heavenly worlds, doesn't see the Malach Hashem, he doesn't see the angel of God, and the donkey does. Um, so the donkey sees this angel with a sword drawn, and the donkey's not stupid. So, um, min vatelech basadeh. The donkey... Uh, turns off from the road, from the derech, and instead goes into the sadeh, into a field. Vayach Bilam aton lehatota haderech. And then Bilam hits the donkey in order to try to get it back on the derech, back on the road. Vayamod malach Hashem bimish ol hakramim. Gader mizeh vigader mizeh. Then the angel moves and stands on a path that's going up through the vineyards, Mish'ol HaKramim, with a wall on one side and a wall on the other side. And again, Again, the donkey, not Bilam, but the donkey sees the angel. And the donkey presses against the wall, I guess out of fear for the that the angel uh, shouldn't harm it. Vatilchatzet regel bilam elakir, and the donkey crushed Bilam's leg against the wall. Vayosef lahakota, and he continues to hit the donkey. Vayosef malach Hashem avor, and then the angel moves to another place. Vayamod bimakom tsar. Asher ein derech, that's that word again, lintot yaminu small. 
Then the donkey goes and stands in a very narrow place where there's no way to, to, to deviate either to the right or the left. It's just, there's only one way to go. And Shuvpam again, Again, the, the donkey sees the angel, and Bilam sits down, I'm sorry, the donkey just sits down, refuses to move, Bilam gets very angry, and he hits the donkey with his stick. We'll continue the story in a minute, but let's just first uh, look at this very strange sequence of events. To me, these psukim are laden with symbolism. I mean, what does it say here? First, it says that the malach was standing in the derech, in the road, so the donkey turned off the derech and into the sadeh, into the field. Then, the donkey was standing, I'm sorry, the angel was standing next, bimish ol hakramim, gader mizeh gader mizeh. Then he was standing in a path through the vineyards with a wall on each side, and it crushes Bilam's leg, and specifically his leg, against the wall. And finally, the donkey, the angel was standing in a makom tsar, in a very narrow place, asher ein derech, where there is no way, or literally there is no road to turn to the right or to the left. What's the symbolism behind all of these strange descriptions? I'd like to suggest, and this is pure speculation, I haven't seen it in any commentary, I'm not sure if this should be called pshat, or maybe simply drash, maybe this is just my own midrashic style interpretation, take it as you will, but this is how I understand these psukim. That... um First, Bilam was, why was Hashem angry at Bilam? He was angry at him, kiholechu, because he was going. Going is what you do on a derech on the road. So the angel stands in the derech and causes the donkey to turn from the derech to the sadeh, to the field. A sadeh, a field is a place where you can accomplish a lot. You can plow and you can plant and things can grow. You can accomplish, but you can't go anywhere. You can't be holech. And I think the message that Hashem was trying to give Bilam is, stop trying to be holech. Stop trying to lead this in a certain direction. Stop thinking that you're in charge. You can operate in the sadeh. You can accomplish a lot, but only if you listen to what I told you, which is, stop trying to go on the derech. And he was hoping that Bilam would get the message and understand. He doesn't get the message. So then... The donkey stands bimish ol hakramim. He stands between the vineyards, and there's a clear message there. The symbolism of the vineyard is clear. Bilam, you're drunk. Bilam, you're you're under the influence. You're you're not thinking clearly. Wake up before it's too late. And what part of Bilam's body is crushed by the donkey against the wall? The walls that are closing in to show Bilam that his options are narrowing. His leg, because Hashem says to him. You can't be using your legs here. You can't be a holech. You have to learn how to accept what I told you to do and stop trying to go in the direction you want to go. Bilam still doesn't get the message. And finally, there's a makom tsar, a very narrow place. Asher ein derech. There is no road and you can't turn to the right or left. He's telling Bilam there's only one way to go. Stop before it's too late. Bilam still doesn't hear the message. The donkey sits down. Bilam hits the donkey. And now, of course, we have that very, very ironic scene where the donkey talks to Bilam. Vayiftach pasuk chavchet, vayiftach Hashem et pi ha'aton. 
Hashem opens the mouth of the donkey so that it can speak. Why did you do hit me? What did I do for you? And Bilam is so angry. It's almost comical. He doesn't realize that there's something strange here. He just responds, talks back to the donkey. What do you mean? Why did I hit you? You're making fun of me. You're not uh, obeying me. If only I had a sword, I would kill you, you disobedient donkey. The donkey protests, Am I not your loyal donkey? Have I ever disobeyed you before? And Bilam admits, yes, you are. You've never, you've never done anything wrong. And suddenly the game's over. Suddenly Hashem opens Bilam's eyes. He sees the, the angel standing there in the road. With the sword drawn, and he bows. He says, why have you hit the donkey? The donkey was listening to me. I was standing there to tell him that he's not allowed to go, and the donkey listened to me. Why aren't you listening to me? Or tell her, actually. It's a female donkey. And she listened to me. Why aren't you listening to me? And um, he threatens to kill. You threatened to kill. You said, Bilam, if you had a sword, you would kill the donkey. I do have a sword. And perhaps I should kill you. And here, Vayomer Bilam emalach Hashem chatati. Bilam says, okay, I realize now I was wrong. Ki lo yadati ki atani He finally gets the message. He understands the message of the derech. Now I understand. I didn't realize you were standing there to block me from going on the road. And therefore, imra If that's what you want, now I understand. I'm going home. Fine, I accept it. I'm doing tshuva. I'm going home. And the angel says to Bilam, "No, you're not. It's too late. I gave you all the opportunities to do tshuva. I showed you the sadeh, and I showed you the mishola kramim, and I crushed your leg, and I showed you all those things in the hopes you would get the message." You didn't get the message until I appeared to you and threatened you. Now it's too late. Now it's, you must go with the people. And you're going to speak only that which you're going to be allowed to speak. So now the stage is set, the stage is set for us to analyze Bilam's actual pronouncement. And next week, Bezrat Hashem, that's what we'll do. We'll read Bilam's Nivuot. We'll see that he has three main speeches that he gives in which he describes Am Yisrael in particularly eloquent terms that I think we have a lot to learn from. That's what we'll see, Bezrat Hashem, next week. Shalom.